0: Amen. Amen. We came to worship Jesus, didn't we? You know, this world uh, is coming to an end quickly. I was talking to Brother Crabtree, former superintendent of the state of Ohio, who is with us tonight. But one of the individuals that he served with in the state of Ohio was a friend of ours, Jim Palmer. Jim was uh, an official in the Assembly of God in Ohio assistant superintendent, and I talked to Brother Crabtree. I asked him because that coronation service was last uh, (coughs) Wednesday, and uh, I said, it's amazing. Jim was in his car on Saturday morning, and a few days later they're doing an internment uh, with him. In other words, not even a whole week. And when you look at how short life is, I'm telling you, Jesus is coming back soon. Amen. 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 Want to talk, um, if, if I ask you this question, if I do this as opposed to this, which do you like better, this or that? Okay, now, do you like, or do you like, Which do you like better? Welcome. Let me give you a hug. You see, what's inside shines on the outside. You can't hide it. You just can't hide what's inside, and so tonight it is a, a one-word message. I don't have any sermons. You've heard me say it a thousand times: sermon for the chosen, frozen. You know, messages is this is the message. This is what God has to say. One of the great blessings, if you agree, just say amen. The blessing is the opportunity to have an attitude. You agree? Sure. It's a blessing. You see, the bottom line is you might as well let it be a blessing because it's one or the other. It'll be a blessing or it's a curse. It's either going to be positive or it's going to be negative. And if you have a good attitude, say that person that just seems like they sail right through. Good attitude, my friend, will sail you through the stormy weather of life when uh, confrontation comes. they have the sweetest attitude. They they didn't get angry. They didn't just want to come at. They they just dealt with it and they moved on. But when you have an unruly negative attitude, here's what's going to happen. You're going to limp through life and you're going to spread destruction about wherever you go. And you'll be known by you'll be known by that that attitude. It is the privilege of choice. It really is. In every situation, to either respond positively or negatively. Sharon and I have operated on this principle, and, it's, and uh, it, it's, simply, it's simply this. Always, always give people the benefit of the doubt. How many think that works? Raise your hand. Just give them the benefit of that. They didn't mean to cuss you out. They had the wrong person. They didn't mean to send you that nasty letter. They got the wrong address on there. You know, they, did, they didn't mean to act that way. They've lost their mind. In other words, if you're going to maintain a positive attitude, here's what you're going to learn to do. If you're going to stay in the game at all, you're going to have to learn to get rid of those things that would like to tag you. Just no doubt about it. Here's another. Always treat people the same way you always treated them before any offense came. Before they hurt you, before they knifed you. Hello? Hello? Before they downed you, before they discredited you, before they slammed you, always treat them the same as you've always treated them. How many of you know that works? And boy, if you're in the game at all of life, you're going to get the privilege to try that one on a lot of times. Hey. I'm going to treat you the same way. I'm going to say hello to you. I'm not going to run from you. I'm not going to hide from you. I'm not going to get under a rock. I'm not going to cross the street. I'm not going to go out of my way to keep from running into you. I'm going to smile at you, and I'm going to keep going. That works, my friend. But who does it work best for? You. Because you keep your spirit above the fray. And you see, if you keep your attitude, because it'll demand some negative influence, but if you keep your attitude in check spiritually, causing it, and it'll be a miracle of God, causing it to remain positive, you will achieve your highest potential. God is not interested in putting people out there in leadership as examples of His love who have a raunchy, stinking attitude. He's just not. No more than if you've got a salesperson. How many of you know that you run into people in a store somewhere and their attitude just stunk? May I see your hand? Did that make you want to go back to that store? You judged that whole store on that one person's attitude. I ain't going back there, buddy. No way. Why, you know what? They're supposed to say it's my pleasure, but that girl didn't say it's my pleasure when I went through the drive through Everywhere you look, what are we doing? We are always marketing, I use that term loosely, the love of Jesus Christ. We're marketing what it means to be a follower of Christ. We're always telling people that are lost and indifferent and bent out of shape, hey, it's going to be okay. We can remain positive. You see, who you are and the maturity of your attitude this is true, is determined under pressure. Pressure builds a positive attitude. You get to try it out. Pressure, just pressure that grinds on you. It will mature your positive attitude. But if you're always meeting opposition and you're turning the other way and you're running and, and you're crying and you're always, oh, somebody hurt me once again, oh, my friend, just simply put, get a life. In the Bible, there were people that ran into difficulty and opposition. The ones that we like are the ones that always took the high road instead of taking the low road. Come on, somebody. So here it is. Opposition, watch out. Opposition, watch out. Numbers 20. Verse number two, now there was no water for the community, and the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. How long is it before your attitude turns sour if your water is cut off at home? Well, let's just go, if your power is cut off at home, how long do you maintain a positive attitude? I want you to know I just love the city of Lakeland. My power's been down for two days, but I know that those linemen are out there working, and they're doing their best at those switch stations to get me power. I'm just praying for them. It, It won't be long, I know, and the power is going to come on. Oh, the electricity's been down. That storm came through the other night. And it took the lines down. It's unbelievable. And we haven't had any power. There's been no heat. There's been no air conditioning. But I, I want you to know we made it. We opened the windows, and, and we remember how it used to be before we even had air conditioning. We, we're, we're, we're doing candles now, and it's unbelievable. I don't resent the fact that our neighbor has power, and we don't. How many different illustrations do you want that brings that will to remain positive in the Lord? Someone has said, we do not meet with success except by reiterated efforts. If you're going to have that attitude that is worthy of being a follower of Jesus Christ, you'll have to keep trying at it, keep working at it, keep believing in it. And our text shares the failure of Moses. The failure was great that it cost him his his entrance into the promised land. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of people, and Moses showed his stuff. Where were you at on that one? Well, it was great. It wasn't the deed that stopped him. It was his attitude and the position of his heart. Now listen carefully. The devil can just keep rubbing you down and rubbing you down and rubbing you down and rubbing you down. And And by the time he thinks he's got you raw, he'll send someone or something along to test you. How are you doing now? What's that like Moses endured. I mean, he earned his stripes. He's endured hardships. He's endured disappointments. He, he has been emotionally challenged. Forty years raised in Pharaoh's household, out, of course, 40 years tending a flock, said he was a meek shepherd. That's what it says. Then told to come back and confront old Pharaoh. And he had many physical traumas, and he had many spiritual tests. He's he's at that place now that, wow, it's unbelievable what he's went through during his leadership. And God ministered to him and to the Israelites over and over and over and over and over again. And on numerous occasions, God had given him miracle after miracle after miracle and had revealed his mighty presence He revealed his presence. Let me give you just a few. The burning bush, that scared the living daylights out of you. But it was real. Moses had a memory of that. The plagues issued. I mean, when the plagues came, as God said, Moses looked out and said, wow, that is is really neat. The pillar, the cloud, of course, you say the pillow, of course, was there, and the Red Sea actually opened. That was neat. And the water from the rock when he smote it the first time. And God appeared on the mountain. And boy, that was quite an experience. Fire destroyed all the rebels in Numbers 11. And quail was sent for food in Numbers 11. Moses say, look what the Lord has done. He's on my side. God doesn't play. Moses has seen the best of the best, And he has seen the worst of the worst. Now, here, and now our text finds him on the threshold of a new opportunity. On the threshold of a new beginning. Watch out when something new comes your way in the way of opportunity. Because somewhere in there, God will permit or allow some kind of a test that will enable you to say you either get to go on through it and receive the reward of that responsibility, or God's going to hold you back a little bit. It was the entrance into the promised land. Moses said, hey, I'm candidate number one. I'm the controlling party. I've taken all these people all these years. I put up with their yin yang. I put up with their murmuring. I put up with their complaining. And now, God, here I am. I, I, now. I deserve to get on in to that promised land. We know a new generation has come out of the wilderness, and they too have seen the presence and the power of God. So, what's the problem? The problem is we do not have any water. We don't have water. Now, Moses, it's your fault. Aaron, it's your fault. Produce the water. Gentlemen, your wife will never know that you know how to wash dishes until you wash them the first time. She will never know that you know how to wash clothes until you wash them the first time. And if you don't want to have to wash clothes for the first time, don't wash them the first time. If you say, I'm tired of this job, then take the colored clothes, put in warm water, and put a little bleach in there. I thought that's what I did with the white clothes. I put bleach in there. You are never going to wash again. Look what the Lord has done. all with me? Well, pastor, do you wash clothes? Not most of the time. Sharon knows how to do it. I don't even know how to run the washing machine. I don't. There is one thing I do know how to run in the house and the air conditioner. Here we go now. God always has at least two concerns, the person and the call or ministry. God has a concern about you. Are you ready? Are you following? He's going to grow you. He's going to give you privilege, opportunity. He's concerned about you, and then he's concerned about what I call the ministry, God's will in your life. Those two things, God says, if I can get the right man doing the right job, I've got a winning combination. And that right man or that right woman, if they have a good attitude, I'm here to tell you they can make the best even of a difficult situation. And the people are doing what they seem to do best at this point in time. We are now days away having the opportunity to get in there, and they're complaining and murmuring opposition to Moses and his leadership. What kind of leader do you think you are? And that is that is that—that is the conversation at every at every stage in the game. Little committees are forming out there. Moses looks out. There they come. I know they've been in a meeting over there, and they all want to get together. Well, I'm here representing my 300 people. I'm here representing Representing my 500 people, my family, we're here to tell you, Moses. Now listen to me. We are tired and sick, and tired that we don't have any water, and and as a result of that. As a result of that, here's what they're saying. We should have died with the others out there in the wilderness. Why did you, why did you, Moses? They forget God ordained it. Why did you lead us out here? Why did you why did you bring our livestock out here to just die? And and, and why why did you bring us from Egypt into this terrible place? So oh, you, you kill my mom and dad. The place is desolate we have no water it was here's what the Greek says it was strong opposition that they were seething to get their hands on Moses but they were afraid to touch him because Moses had a rod a staff Wow. It was strong opposition. If we're not careful, we will develop a negative attitude when opposition comes. All right, if you agree with this, say, Amen. opposition will come. Let me say it again. Opposition will come. Amen. Amen. Sometimes it's multiple. You'll catch it from all directions. Opposition will come. Don't expect every little nice idea that you have that everybody jumps on and they like it. Don't expect. Don't expect every time you do something good for people to come around and say, "Oh, look, look what you have done." Ask a few questions. Now, when the opposition hit, here it is. Um, you know, uh, what is the what purpose does the opposition serve? You know. You can't keep your closet clean in the house. You can't. Your wife is tidy and neat. Her clothes are hanging. She has a closet that's huge. You get a little closet. Your clothes don't have room to breathe. You have to pry the hangers open. (laughs) And you got plastic bags from the cleaners that are there. The shoes are not put up. And she comes and she says, I'm sick and tired. of your closet. Now, I read this, okay, so don't. (laughs) Then here's a question you ask. What purpose does that opposition serve? What precipitated that opposition? How can I evaluate the opposition? You look upset. Is there something that I did? Something that I said? Is there something that I can do to improve? How can I become better because of the opposition? And God, how shall I respond to this challenge? Can I do what I want to do? Can I just for a moment step out of my spiritual person into my flesh person? Or God, can this be dealt with Is timing important? Do I need to deal with it now? What's the motive behind the challenge? God had a new level of leadership for Moses. And he had been a great leader and a great deliverer. However, listen carefully. Does he have the ability to face the new future out there with a new opportunity? And does God... God want him to function differently under new circumstances could he pastor and serve the people in the land of promise could he do that but those who who oppose must remember now I'm not going to ask you if it's easy for you to oppose you know you reap what you sow say that with me you reap what you sow you go around opposing everything and everybody. You go around complaining about my Lord, that person. You go around, you just go around, you're going to reap what you sow. You sure are. You just gonna moan, that's what, but listen, have you noticed this? Try this on for size. Are you ready? Blame never affirms, it assaults. You big dummy? Aren't you smart enough? To keep your closet clean. That'll throw you right into He is Lord. He is Lord. Blame never restores, it wounds. I'm going to find out who did that. I can't wait. I'm going to find out. What are you going to do when you find out? How's that going to move you forward? Blame never sobs, it makes things worse. It complicates, that's what I'm trying to say. Blame never unites, it separates. Blame, it's your fault, never smiles, it always frowns. And blame never forgives, it rejects. Blame never builds, it destroys. So you go around and get to the bottom of this and you blame, 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 blame. You're doing nothing positive, friend. You see, no one likes opposition, but a good attitude will help you grow under the pressure of opposition. How many of you own your own business or own your own business or you've managed a business before? May I, may I see your hand? That's good, okay, here we go. Ha, ha. You know what I heard a man say the other day, and I got 70 employees. He said, my biggest problem is not sales, is not the product. My biggest problem is the personnel issue. People who won't do the job that they're supposed to do, or they want more money. Hello? I'm not going to ask how many want more money. I'm not going to do that. Some of you work for the church, and I'm not going to take that picture into the office tomorrow. But one individual said, sometimes I think my competitors do more for me than my friends do. My friends are too polite to point out my weaknesses. But my competitors, buddy, they will advertise my weaknesses. My competitors are efficient and diligent and attentive to what's going on over in my business. They make me search for ways to improve my product and my service." If my competitors were not there, I might be lazy and competent attentive, and I I want you to know I need the discipline to cause me to do better. I salute my competitors. They have been good to me. God bless them all. What an attitude to have for those who are competitors. What a wonderful attitude to have that says, hey, you, you help me here. You can't You can't straighten everybody out. You can have a good positive attitude about everything. Now, how many of you women will say that men listen well? Okay, this is not raise your hand. Here's how I'm going to do this. How many of you believe, men listen well, you women, go. Or, on three, one, two, three. Listen well. I called an order in at the restaurant today. Sharon said, what took you so long to place the order? I said, because the lady didn't understand me. I said, I'd like seven wings. She said, you want all those things the same? I thought, I don't want things. I want wings. Well, how many do you want? You want them all the same? I said, W-I-N-E. G S. Oh, wings. Yeah. I like them all the same. You know, you have to listen. Well, take the staff, you and your brother, Aaron, gather the assembly together, speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water and you will bring water out of the rock for the community. So they, so they and their livestock can drink. Moses is tired. He's emotionally drained. He's short-fused. He's exasperated. He's ready to execute. He decides to go into the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, and he and Aaron fall down in the presence of God because he is sick and tired of being sick and tired. Just sick and tired. He goes in there, and what does he want to hear? Moses, this is God. uh, I have pity on you. Moses, you have my permission to strike them, I will allow you to do it. Moses, you have a right to feel angry. At those people. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I wanted to hear. Get up, Aaron. Get up. God said, Go strike them. What did God say? Speak to the rock, and water will come out. Speak to the rock. Craig Butler, raise your hand. We're in the ready room coming out tonight. He tripped over his own shoe. I said, Son, what's wrong with you? He said, Well, I washed my feet this afternoon and I don't know what to do with them. Speak to the rock. Now, I promise you that although Moses was laying down in God's presence, he was standing up on the inside, ready to seek judgment. And right there, he had a critical spirit. Do you know what God was say? Don't react. Don't do what you want to do. Just do what I tell you to do. Just do what you know you need to do. Don't let that attitude get in on you. At that moment, we know That he went out, he said, listen to you rebels, must we bring you water out of the rock? And at that moment, Moses revealed his attitude through his action. Years before, he'd had an opportunity to strike the rock, and water came out. This time, time, God said, you speak to the rock. Moses struck the rock once, nothing happened. And again, he came down with fierce discourse. But God honored his miraculous power even though Moses was disobedient. There's several critical areas of concern here. Had the pressure matured Moses over the years? Had being in business, being in the church... Had it matured him over the years? Had Moses forgotten who was in charge, that he was supposed to do what God said and not what he wanted? Had Moses become more or less compassionate toward those people? Oh, they were testing him big time. Was Moses angry at the people? Or do you think he was angry at God? I want you to tell me to let me get even. Knowing the future of the promised land, God was thinking, could Moses be obedient? Right there is the testing of new responsibility. I'm going to give you this little test right here to see if you can walk through the threshold of new opportunity. Could Moses be obedient to God? Or Moses said, God, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm the one running the show down here, or obedient to his experience? Could God lead a person? and allow that person to lead with that kind of an attitude? Does a bad attitude provoke discord or unity? I got a phone call from from individuals and financial institution that I serve with. (coughs) And they call me and said, Pastor Blackburn, do you know so-and-so? He's a minister. Yeah, I know him kind of person is he why are you asking don't ask me questions you didn't call me to ask questions I'll determine if I'm asking the questions why did you call well because he called up here and we didn't give him the answer that he wanted he told us all we're going to hell I said did you hang up No. I said, he probably didn't mean it. He said it twice. You're going to burn in hell. All of you. He said, he was nasty and foul mouth. I said, he's a credentialed minister of the assemblies of God. Yes, sir. He is today. He is unbelievable. I said, well, you know what? He's not feeling well. Had a bad day. Somebody probably told him to go to hell, and he thought he'd pass the message on. (laughs) Pastor Blackburn, this is serious. This has to do with several hundred thousand dollars. What do you think we ought to do? I said, hey, pray about it. Give him the benefit of the doubt, and another day at another time Call him up and talk to him again. How many of you have ever had bad moments? You know what I mean? Here we go. Be positive. Turn to your neighbor and say, be positive. I am positive I don't like you. I am positive I don't have to put up with this. I'm positive if I had my way, you go now. You'd melt right there. Now, I'm (laughs) confessing to you. I have thought that. In more times than one, if I were God, they would be evaporated right now.. <laughs> just. Numbers 20, verse 12, but the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, "Because you did not trust me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you're not going to bring this community into the land that I'm going to give them." Why? Because you didn't do Aaron. Aaron said, "I just watch Moses, you're responsible." You're responsible. He's your brother. The only way to win is to keep positive. Paul said, hey, everybody, listen to me. He said, I want to tell you in Philippians, finally, brothers, whatever's true, noble, right, pure, admirable, he said, if anything is excellent, praiseworthy, think on those kind of things. Think on those kind of things. We know that to be true, and often it's easier said than done, but we stay positive. So what do we do? here we go, finally. Would you stand to your feet? Yes, thank you. Some of you are a little slower than others. I understand. Give people the benefit of the doubt. Say that with me. Give people the benefit of the doubt. Number two, look at your own imperfections. Say that with me. Look at your own imperfections. Number three, work at being compassionate. Come on, Work at being compassionate. How many of you are compassionate just naturally? No, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't see. I didn't see. I mean, just naturally you're compassionate. I want to see. Be sure. Keep them up because I want to be sure some people that I know, you don't have one lick of compassion to see if you got <laughs> your hand up. Son, you put your hand down. <laughs> you have to work at being Compassionate. Listen carefully to what God might be saying in this situation. Not everything you hear is what reflects the message. You get it? Not everything you hear may not be real. Don't point your finger. Hello? Hello? Don't point your finger. How many ever, ever somebody point their finger at you? Hello? And you're in arm, you're right there at them. You know what you want to do? Someone points your finger right in your face. Do you know what humanity wants to do? Take that finger and break it off. Yeah. Anybody with me? Just you point that finger one more time, and I promise you, you are never gonna see a straight finger again. Here's another issue. That we do. At all cost, avoid self-pity. Think with your head and your heart, not your emotions. Speak positively. Speak positively. Realize God could have intervened. He could have but he didn't so why self-reflection remember here it is we have bracelets they don't work a lot of times (laughs) what would Jesus do hello what would Jesus do and what does God say to Moses this is what he said you didn't trust me You did it your way. You did not let them see me as holy. That's what I wanted them to see, Moses. I wanted them to see my holiness through you. Sometimes your misaction, your attitude can create a scar that lasts a long long time but if you're the one carrying the scar he's really good at taking that scar away and letting you live at liberty heavenly father thank you for this moment we know that great men control themselves and godly men let god control them so would you speak to all of our hearts tonight and would you just mend us and i i know there's a whole lot of stuff to chew on i understand that but there are some people in this room right now has got a whole lot of pent up anger they've got a whole lot of resentment they've just got a whole lot of jealousy some's got a whole lot of scores that they think they need to settle and god life's too short to carry all those kinds of things and what it's done is just created an old nasty bad attitude and when that bad attitude is that one person it's not long and it spills over into the other areas of one's life it's just that way and we all can name people right now who fit that description and God we know that they're able to be delivered by the power of God so my heads are bowed and those of you online or listening, I'm gonna ask everybody to let's repeat this prayer right here, right now. Can we do that? Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, I ask for forgiveness. I need your help. I'm holding nothing back. I wanna put everything on the altar. I wanna trust you to change my heart, change my mind. Create in me a pure spirit and a pure heart. Don't let me carry this. I give it to you now in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. The altars are open. If you need prayer, you say, well, boy, that was right at me. Be bold enough to be able to bring it to Jesus. Or maybe in your body, you're just not well. You're in this room right now. And there's something wrong with you i don't mean in a bad way i mean physically and you know what you're afraid of it and it is haunting you and you've not been to the doctor yet but you know there's something there i want you to come i want you to come we want to anoint you with oil and pray the prayer of faith that god will give you the confidence that there's healing in the house amen Stay with me. I'll give you the benediction in just a few moments. Here we go, everybody. Let's see what God will do. Heavenly Father, I thank you because I know there's a healer in the house. I know in this altar right now are people that will be healed forever. God, anoint them and touch them and breathe life into them. And then I know there are others out there and others online, God. I pray for those online right now, their heart is crying out for that healing touch, Lord Jesus. Go through the airwaves and in Jesus' name touch them and bring deliverance to them. I bind every lying devil and declare there is victory in the house. Nothing is impossible with you. So God help us tonight. Minister and meet every need. We are trusting you because we know that it is not by might nor by power but by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Bless this week. And we'll give you praise in Christ's name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Love you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here.